hoping that, you know, at some point down this line or in my lifetime, there's a universal health care that can support everybody equitably. I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. Today I'm talking to Malik Lang, a community health activist who helps us understand how the healthcare system, particularly the pharmaceutical industry, is perceived in the community. Malik, how are you? Doing pretty good. Good. I can't wait for our conversation. Can you introduce yourself? Tell people who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Malik Lang. Uh, I'm the executive director at the FH Fauntleroy Community Enrichment Center, uh, located in Ward 7, Deanwood Community. So tell me, have you ever had a flu vaccine? No, I have not had a flu vaccine in my adulthood. No. Why? Um, to be honest with you, a lot of it's been um, just preconceived notions from peers, um, family members, the community, uh, a lot of myths about the vaccine that kind of deterred me from actually taking a vaccine. What kind of myths? Uh, one of the most common myths that I hear is um, is when you get the flu vaccine, uh, most cases you end up with the flu, mm-hmm. uh, at least yeah. characteristics of the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, until today, um, meeting with um, Dr. Aaron, uh, she was able to explain to me the process of the flu vaccine. And what does she say? Uh, she pretty much explained to me that the vaccine, um, it's, a, it's a dead virus. Uh, it goes into your the body. The piece of the virus, yes. Yeah, the piece of the virus is dead, and it goes into your body to introduce it to elements of the flu. Uh, with that, it then creates some type of armor uh, around your immune system to really boost it up to fight the flu if you do come across a live strand of it. Uh-huh, excellent. And what do you think about that? Did she convince you to get the flu shot? Um, that's a really good question. What she did was, um, I've been working with Erin for maybe about a month now on a continual basis. Uh-huh. Uh, I've created a rapport with her that um, I believe that she may have my best interests in the things that she tells so you me. you trust her? I have built some type of trust with her mm-hmm. to be inclined to getting the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about the people you serve? How, how do they feel about the flu vaccine? Have you all talked about it at all? Well, um, this past week, uh, this is the first week we're actually going to have flu shots given to the community. Uh, while doing that, of course, I try to you know inform the members uh, that I see passing by on the sidewalk or uh, that come across in the community. And the general uh, input is that they are not interested in the flu vaccine. Mm. I think it's related, again, to the myths that are associated with the flu vaccine. Um, I've met with several individuals who either would wait to take it with their doctor, uh, which is one. That's good. That is is good. That is good. Um, But this particular demographic is a lot older. Um, So I think they have regular 
information about their health that oh so the older people don't mind getting the flu no shots. It's the that's younger exactly people you're, yeah, you're yeah. Encountering. i recently ran into a colleague this past weekend uh, i was excited to tell him that we have a flu vaccine mm-hmm. uh he immediately <laughs> said no i'm not taking the flu vaccine um, he then had the same rhetoric I had this before, but I mean, I heard you end up getting the flu, taking the flu vaccine. Yeah. Well, let's just put that piece to rest. It's not it, the flu vaccine and vaccines do not give you the infection. They're preventing. What happens is, as you've already pointed out, the the body is responding or it's ramping up to respond in case you get the flu. So your immune system is recognizing the the vaccine as a potential foreign invader that looks like flu so that when you encounter the real thing, it can fight it off. And in that process, you might have some side effects. So you might feel weak or a little tired. You might even have a fever. And that's when people say, oh, but the flu vaccine gave me the flu. But the difference is these are just side effects from your body responding to the vaccine to prepare you so that you don't get the flu. Because if you really get the flu, a lot of people either die from the flu, you can get very sick or hospitalized because of the flu. And if you just get the the flu and don't have to go to the hospital, you might be in bed for a week or more. So there's a big difference. And this year especially, we want people to get the flu vaccine because we're in a pandemic. So tell me, uh, a little bit about your your healthcare history. Have, do you have a doctor? How do you feel about the healthcare system in general? Um, that's a great question. Um, currently, um, I do not go to the doctor on a frequent basis. Why? Um, to be honest with you, I believe I'm in good shape. Uh, I believe that um, eight out of ten times I could probably walk it off. What, um, what do you mean walk it off? Um, if I have a sore arm. I probably did too much in the gym one day. There's <laughs> okay. an explainable reason why I have the pain that I have. So you're diagnosing yourself. I'm Googling. I am WebMD. What uh, happens when you go to the Internet to, to diagnose your symptoms? I'm also afraid when I read the, <laughs> the, the symptoms yeah. on the Internet. So um, I don't think the way I'm living my life currently is conducive to a long-term healthy life. You do or you don't? I don't. I don't. Um, but I but I, I do question the healthcare system. Um, one example would be um, my mother had uh, she had a she suffered from um, high blood pressure and uh, I guess early sound of diabetes maybe. Uh, what they did was gave her medication. Um, mm-hmm. From the medication, she ended up having she ended up getting treated for what the issue was, but then she had these weird side effects that weren't always understood, um, which also kind of frightened me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to be heavy, overly medicated. Uh, I think that's something that could happen, not knowing or knowing. Um, and I ideally would like to have a holistic type of lifestyle where I'm able to, you know, maybe change the diet, uh, maybe exercise more, uh, but really not trying to be too heavily medicated if I can. Yeah. And I think one thing that I did think about when thinking about going to a doctor is it's a business. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pharmaceutical companies make money. And I, and that could be a bit, you know, out there thinking, but it's a, it's something that I think about. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, just, just, just based off what I've read and what I know is that um, I believe there's ways to treat symptoms directly. 
not suppress it. You know, it goes away for a week or two or a month, you know, but it comes back. So you have to keep buying this medication. I don't know. But that's the rationale I think about sometimes. Mm -hmm. I talk to my peers about it. They don't go to the doctor. These are young men. And why don't they go? Do they not go for the same reasons you don't go or they have different reasons? Um, I think I think the general reason is they're worried and the cost that goes associated with it. Yeah, it's it's. it's I mean, the friends that I'm referring to um, are living wage, so they have to pay for their health care uh, either through their job or out of pocket. Mm, um, okay. And that's something that also it's an added bill, but it's 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 important. So they don't have health insurance. Majority of my friends do not have health insurance. Is that because they make too much money to have Medicaid? Yes. Oh, That's okay. one reason they make so much money to have Medicaid, um, and then they're they also have opted out of getting it through their jobs uh, because that is a decent amount of money that takes out of your living wage. Oh, I see. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. um, and then you know, and then of course, just the discussion. Um, I, have a, I have a buddy of mine who's actually married, and uh, he had back pain, mm-hmm. um, and his his wife made him go to the doctor, and he found out he had a herniated disc. Wow, but this is a good example, right? This Great is a good example. example for why it's important to have a provider relationship. But the issues you're raising to me, what I'm hearing is there's a lot of distrust. So you talked about pharmaceutical companies making money. Um, but talk to me about trust in healthcare providers. Yeah, um, so I don't have a primary care doctor, one. But um, I'm going to use, the, obviously, the example of, uh, at, the, at the center I work at, uh, we have a mobile medical unit that is parked in front of the facility mm-hmm. uh, once a week. Uh, from that point, there's a physician on the bus that I've been able to build a relationship with. Uh, we've probably been working together for a little over a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, based off leisure conversation about life, um, I then felt the need to discuss a symptom that I've been dealing with mm-hmm. uh, for some time. Um, during the process, of course, uh, I was checking for a couple of things. If she would judge me, if she would, if she would make me feel like I'm just not a healthy human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt that the way that she, you know, introduced herself, the way we were interacting, that she generally had a care for my well-being. Uh, from that process, she asked me follow-up questions weeks after. Didn't ask for a dime. Didn't ask me to, to come to a location. None of this. She was just able to be my friend to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think do you think there's a trust problem in general with doctors or health care providers? I believe I believe there could be, absolutely. Um I, I think any relationship takes time to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think case by case, I, I don't think it's a one shoe fits all. Uh, I think if you have to find somebody that you trust that has your best interest, most importantly, and hope that they provide the, the correct guidance to rectify or make your health 100% great. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about um, something you said about your mother. And that, and basically, you said she had this problem. She mm-hmm. went to the doctor, but the solution was worse than the problem she went for. It. Yeah. Yeah. So she ended up having medication, um, the medication um, rectified the issue, but then she had a additional uh, side effect. 
the side effect was one that she had to either deal with while taking the medication or they prescribed her another medication to rectify that side effect. Yeah. So it was a comp- it was a compounding yeah. like process. So, and so in hindsight, do you feel like she well, I don't know if you can speak for her. Maybe you spoke to her you've spoken to her about it. But does she feel like she was better off not taking the medication? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think mom. I uh, I love you, mom. I think I think <laughs> <laughs> I think my mother trusts the process. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking, I mean, now she's on several medications, and I don't like it. I don't think that's the way I want to live my life. Yeah. But that's a part of her lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's something that I I know that it it worries me. And I, but I, I, and that's something I, I'm trying to get to a point where I'm understanding both the medical side of it and the pharmaceutical side of it and how it benefits myself long term. Yeah. What about this notion that you're not sick until you go to the doctor? I've heard people tell me that. Have you heard people say that? Yes. And what do you think that means? Why are they saying that? I think it's, it's a sign of, of resilience and strength. Um, if you can, you know, if, you know, a lot of times people try to self-diagnose, like we mentioned before, and try to find remedies that, you know, auntie or, or, or grandma did that might have solved that stomach ache. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I mean. Yeah, but this, this notion that I wasn't sick until I went to the doctor, the people who've mentioned it to me. I mean, I went for this thing, but when I went to the doctor, they started talking about all these other things. I had nothing to do with why I went, and they gave me medication. Have you heard people talk about that, or what, what's your response to that? Uh, I have had people tell me things like that. I didn't know I had high blood pressure. I didn't know, um, you know I had these other issues, medical concerns. I went for my foot, and then they ran tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get both sides of it. I get the preventative concept mm-hmm. to where you know, I'm trying to you know prepare you or help you have a long lasting life, but I also get the concern of I, and then this is again this is this is I think the negative side where I want to now put you on all these other elements or things that I notice in your body. I mean I, I use the reference of a car. I might go to get my brakes changed. Why are you under my hood, man? <laughs> And now, and now I got a $3,000 bill that I came to get my brakes changed. And this is what people do. And I mean, it's, it's a thing where I, I just think that um, it's, a, it's a basic thing. I mean, it's a business. And unfortunately, I don't have much faith in the healthcare system and the connection between the business component of it. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know the bureaucracy in terms of how much who gets paid from, from giving out so many. But I see movies. You know, I, I, see, <laughs> I, I see how it could work. Yeah. So these are things that I guess could be somewhat conspiracy theory, but it's something that um, it makes sense. And um, I have some some mild reference points of that happening to peers or family members. Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, I'd rather just not. Yeah. You know, until I have to. But that also may be too late. Well, sure. Well, I have one more question for you. And it's about how we build trust between the community and the healthcare system. Clearly, the stories you're hearing, the things we're talking about today, tell me uh, there's a lot of broken trust. How do we begin to mend that? What do we do? 
Um, one suggestion, um, as, as I'm in the role that I'm in, is that um, bridging the gap with a interface. Uh, what that means is that if you're a specialist and you have specialized skills, you and you're trying to work in a whatever community, uh, there is a trusted individual in between that, either an organization or a ANC or some committee of some sort that the people in the community believe in and trust that they will have at least their best interests. Oh, so a broker. So somebody who can... Like a liaison. Uh-huh, liaison. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think having something like that to where um, if you are trying to do something, that liaison will vet the process or vet what you're trying to bring into the community, but also will then inform the community um, that the benefits of why this is good, why this is bad, and give all the symptoms on it. I think that's one way, because what happens is that a lot of times specialists or individuals who have concepts and ideas want to go in communities, but they don't know how to connect to them. Mm -hmm. So I think having that um, a, part of, a part of the process um, in terms of um, buying in both sides to where we meet at the table, you know, we meet at the table. You're not just meeting me at my door. We at the table discussing what you and I think I need. And then we meet in the middle. Yeah, I like that. What about doctors? What, what's one thing doctors and healthcare providers can do to build trust with patients? Ooh, um, again, my opinion, um, I would say one is try to relate. Um, if anything, I mean, try to try to put your shoes, try to put your feet in their shoes. Um, you know, imagine you know, you're terrified and, and, and I know some wrong, but, you know, how do I, how do I get the help I, I want without, you know, spending a, a bunch of money if I'm not insured? You know, that's another thing. Insurance, man. Like, I think we got to find a way to make affordable health care affordable. Not just if you are, are below poverty, but the working class. You know, I think that's, that's something that doesn't always make sense to me. So I'm hoping that you know, at some point down this line or in my lifetime, there's a universal health care that can support everybody equitably. Yeah, me too. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. That was Malik Lang sharing his perspectives about health care, distrust, and the pharmaceutical industry. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.